Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday podcast day. We missed a week. We were uh, vacationing and um, we are back. Um, And so glad to welcome you to the Citizens Advisory Podcast presented by the Citizens Advisory Pennsylvania. I'm Jess Stolnecker, Executive Director, and I'm with Ben Herring, our Vice President, also our Law and Strategy Chair. And today we are going to be talking about our parental opt-out form. So many of you have seen, we posted the updated version for the 2023-24 school year onto our website. Uh, We shared it in our Facebook group. Um, and, uh, this is something that is for your use, uh, to help you protect your children as they enter the new school year. So we're going to talk about the dynamics of the opt-out, what it is, why this is something that I, we've had the question, does this actually work? Like, you know, um, and so we're going to share kinds of, kind of the ins and outs, why you can do it in Pennsylvania, how to do it, and why you need to do it. So, Ben, thank you for joining us. We're excited to hear your take on this opt-out. This is kind of your baby. So um, we're excited to hear what we um, are able to share with parents today. Absolutely. Thank you. Now, this is good stuff. And I know we're going to get into it and show it, kind of go through the, the mechanics a little bit. But what I would stress first and foremost to any parent out there listening is, The school curriculum and all that is not getting any better. It's only getting worse. There's political push everywhere um, from people trying to, you know, throw things into the curriculum. So if you haven't looked into this before, I highly encourage you to look into at least the school's curriculum. And if you need to, you know, you know, watch this episode and follow this opt out because it's you're entitled to this. It's one of your rights. You know, it's enshrined in both federal and state law. And we're going to get into that as well. I will tell you, um, just from a personal perspective, I've never um, filled anything like this out and sent it to my children's school. But because of what we know now um, within our organization, um, we know that there is going to be a push to implement, and we're going to talk about this later, the CRSE into our children's school curriculum in the public school systems in Pennsylvania. And so um, I anticipate there being several issues um, throughout the school year across the board in Pennsylvania. And so I think it's super important and it's very timely as usual um, to be sharing this with parents. So um, Ben, I'm going to share my screen. Do you want me to share my screen now? Yeah, please. Yeah. All right. we'll talk so, for this. Yeah. We're going to share our screen and um, this is going to be um, just talking a little bit about what the opt-out is um, and what it looks like, how to use it and why you're able to use it as a parent. So can every, can you see that Ben? Yes, I can. Okay, perfect. All right. So, um, take it away. Let us know what, what is this? Why are we able to use it? And why is it important? Okay. So first and foremost, and you're going to see this referenced a lot in here. It's one of the most uh, fundamental federal laws that a parent has, it's known as the PPRA, the Protection of Pupil Rights Amendment, okay? So just right off the bat, bottom line up front, every parent needs to know that you have rights that the school is not allowed to take away because of their socio-political agendas, okay? Flat out, end of story, there's no questions about that. So within that PPRA, it, you know, it's going to be that U.S. Code 1232, I believe it is, Um 
it basically outlines, and there's a lot of PA statutes in here too that we're going to get into, but that that federal law allows a parent to decide what is right for their children's upbringing when it comes to their education. And I want to read it verbatim like I normally do because I don't want to, you know, throw anybody off. Uh, this is right from the Department of Education. Uh, but it's a federal law that provides certain rights for parents of students regarding, among other things, student participation in surveys. That's big right now. They're throwing all kinds of surveys out there, so be aware. The inspection of instructional material, which is all the curriculum, certain physical exams, and the collection, disclosure, and use of personal information for marketing purposes, meaning they can't sell your, your child's information to a third party without your consent. Um, but that, in a nutshell, that, that's really it. I don't want to get too much more into the language there, but um, that's your right as a parent. So when it comes to the, the curriculum, we'll focus on that for a little bit. You get to choose if it's you know incongruent with your moral, philosophical, or religious beliefs. That is nobody else's choice to make besides yours as a parent. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what you're going to see throughout this opt-out is going to be bulletized different sections. And... You get to checkbox any of those sections and you are protected legally to turn this into your school and say, do not teach my child about this. And that's the end of the story. And I do want to I do want to make one comment, Jess. We've gotten a lot of questions, probably the most prevalent question we get. It's a very good one. But folks will ask, well, what if the school tells me no? <laughs> so I want to be very crystal clear off the bat. You're not asking the school. We're, this is not a question and answer period. This is a, this is my legally protected right. I am opting my child out of X, Y, or Z, or all of them. And that's the end of the story. You're not asking permission. You're telling them that you are opting out. Now, there's some mechanics that we're going to get into as far as, you know, legally, I think a lot of attorneys would tell you that it's good to, to engage in what's known as the interactive process. If a school says, hey, you know, Jess, do you want to come in and review the curriculum that that may be of concern to you, you know, let's be reasonable. If you can, and you have the time, you can go there and look at it. I would always recommend doing so. But if a school wants to play games, which we've seen that as, as well, like, hey, I have 1 million, you know, different pages of material for you to come review. Is that reasonable for a parent to stop everything they're doing and go look over a million pieces of paper? They probably have a job, things that they got to do. So, you know, there's, there's a balance here, but just flat out, just so everybody's aware, you're not asking for permission. And I want to point out too, because we're sharing this screen and I, again, I, this will be my first time submitting something like this to my school. Um, but I'm like seeing, you know, I was a biology teacher. Like, I don't care if my kids dissect animals. Like I, I really don't care. Like, so right. you're not, you're not obligated to check every single one of these boxes right? Like this is something that Absolutely. you can choose. Yes. Um, and so it should be tailored that, to every parent, right? That's right. So th I think that that's the best part about our opt-out is that you have all of these options that you can tailor to your parenting and your values as a parent and how you want your child to be taught. And so I think that that's a really cool thing about this. And I just wanted to point that out because for me, I again, have no problem with something like this, um, you know, and, and many parents might not either. So I think that that's just something to point out. Oh, absolutely. That's a great call out too, because, you know, that's something else that I think we've seen a few questions about in the past too. So you, yeah, these are all little boxes that you can check. 
Um, you don't have to check all of them by any means. You check the ones that are applicable to you as a parent. Right. Uh, again, the dissecting thing, I, I'd say the same thing. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. So I wouldn't check that one. Right. But there's, you know, dating violence on here. We basically, we wanted to make sure that it was it was covering all angles mm -hmm. so that as a parent, you get to decide which ones that you want to check off. Right. And we provided the the applicable uh, statute that goes along with that. Some of them are, are pretty much PPRA related, but you'll see some that are also protected by the state. So if, if you want, we won't go too much into each individual one or it'll take too long, right. but- if, if you want to get smarter on those actual statutes, just Google. Right. They're right here. You can see them right yep. here. Yep. yep. Okay. Right. So we, we did add a few more this year. If you want to scroll down a little bit, we'll just sure. talk those real quick. Yep. Let's hope that masking is never an issue ever again. That'd be pretty insane if, if some schools try and get back to that. Yeah. Uh, but there is, there is language there that you can read over. Uh, your children should not be masked without your consent ever again. Mm -hmm. We don't want to relive the whole 2020 to 2022 debacle. Yeah. No. Uh, but sur survey and screening, I mean, that's a big, big, big one that's happening right now. There's a lot of mental health surveys that they're trying to give out. There's these applications that are being pushed. Couth is one. Watch episode four. You can learn all about Couth. Rhythm was one that we attacked and we got rid of in some schools because that was just out of control, what they were trying to get kids to, to answer. We also have one so, on surveys, our podcast on surveys. So I think that was episode three. Um, was it? You're um, right. Yeah. Yeah. You and Amy, three, right? right? Episode Amy, three. Yes. So um, we have a whole podcast on these surveys and why, you know, why it's important to just be on the ball because, so for me, that is a checkbox I will be checking. I do not want my kids participating in any kind of survey. Absolutely. And, and though that is very, very, very well protected. That is probably the most protected thing that you as a parent have, because as, as you can read in there, it's protected by COPPA, there's FERPA, you can talk about HIPAA. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there that's protecting you. Your child's information should not be given out. And if it's given out without your consent, you have a pretty big case that you can look into. Um, certainly reach out to us if that happens. And then, unfortunately, why we would ever have to put this on an opt-out, I do not know, but sexually explicit material was added this year. With all the, you know, the, the the wars that are going on with what they call book bans, which is a book review to make sure that pornography is not in school. If that is happening and there is a adult that's fostering the transfer of material to a child, that's actually a crime. And that is also something we need to know about immediately because we will pursue action on that. And there's also uh, your school, if they read this and you check that box, they had better take it seriously. And if they choose not to, then again, reach out to us and we'll take care of it. Right. Um, this is, I think this is important. I think we should talk a little bit about this because parents always are going to have the concern. Is my child going to be treated differently because we choose to opt out of some of these things. And so I think that this, for me, this is a big one. Um, we have on here freedom from harassment, suspension, or expulsion. So go ahead, Ben. What what can you tell us about this page? Why do we include this? Yeah, I mean, this is a declaration that, that you're telling the school, this is my expectation, you know, when I submit this opt-out, that my child is not going to be treated differently. But again, it, it falls on federal and state lines. You got the public school code in 1949, 
that promulgates that children should not be treated um, unfairly under any of you know the protected categories. And if you're discriminating against the child because he opts out of curriculum, then that again is is grounds for going after them with some type of action. So I would hope the school would never do that. Uh, one of the one some of the feedback we received is that you know my kid they're opting my child out because they know they have to because legally they have to, mm -hmm. but they're making say Johnny go sit in a closet for an hour. That is not equal treatment. That is not the way this is to be handled. And if that does happen, after you've sent this in and made a very clear declaration of the school that this is what I expect, you also have an issue. So reach out to us once again. We'll take care of that. You know, there, there's no backing down here. Parents need to know their rights. And if the school doesn't want to abide by the law, that's what we're here for. Absolutely. So. I, I do want to talk administratively real quick. And thank okay. you. You went right to it. Yep. Good. One thing that that I that I put in here that I think is, is very important is that if this ever becomes a legal document, meaning if you ever have to take action for whatever reason, we hope you don't. We hope the schools just abide by the law. But if you label, you know, I have up top document ID, and I gave an example here, as you can see, John Doe 2023 PASD. I think it's important to do that because you have the 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 actual page number and the document ID. It's just good for housekeeping and it's also good for if this becomes a legal document. So you don't have to overcomplicate it. You know, it could be Jess one, two, three, four, you know what I mean? Just name it something just so you have a record of it. And that'll also help us if we're helping you because we may have multiple opt-out forms that we're looking into and we can use that by, by the ID. Uh, another big thing, it goes back to what we said before. You're not asking for permission. So you don't need to go to the school and say, Mr. Principal, Mrs. Superintendent, can we sit down and go over this opt-out form? You're simply delivering it to them. Now, if you have a good relationship and you want to do that, by all means, do it. We're right. not discouraging you from doing that. But what we're saying is that your, your rights are pretty clear. And all you have to do is ensure that this gets into the hands of the school district right. that you're going to. So certified mail is a good way to do that. And... Uh, just a little note there. I, I see it written in red, but a lot of times we print something out, right? And we just kind of sign all the pages and then we like fold it up and put it in an envelope. And these instructions are not something to be given to the school. We added this at the, the end of the document so that you have instructions for how to use it and how to go about um, delivering it to your school district. So this page, whether you print it out or not, should not be delivered to the school. Correct. Correct. Nothing to hide there, but we just, it's just not for them to see. I mean, they can, they can email us or go to our website anytime they want to. Right. And they can see it, but we're just, you know, for purposes, this is not, this is not part of the document that you have to return to the school. Right. Um, that's right. pretty much it, Jess. That's yeah, pretty that's much it in a for the opt-out. So now you kind of have a tour of the opt-out form. Um, we want to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, some of the statutes that protect us, right? Is that where we're going, Ben? Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, if I'm listening to this, my my first logical, you know, conclusion slash, you know, maybe first question would be, okay, this sounds good. These are my rights. So I'm going to give it to the school and the school is going to, you know, stand by the law and protect my rights. Well, over the last three years, we've seen that that is not always the case or even in some times ever the case with certain schools. 
Right. So now we get into the next step in the process, which is the school told me no. School called me and they said, we're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, anybody that's keeping, you know, keeping score in Pennsylvania, we actually, there is a school district, West Shore, where parents sued the school district last year because they opted out of curriculum that was, again, incongruent with, you know, their their upbringing of their child. And that's going through the court system now. So unfortunately, there's going to be times where you're going to have to take action to get what you need. So with that being said, we want to provide some context for if you if you have to embark down this road of a legal battle, um, whether you choose to do it with us or without us. I mean, obviously, if you submit a report to us, we can look into it. But there is a just like we talked on our First Amendment podcast, Jess, there is a very clear um precedent that's been set by the Supreme Court of the United States. And we always like to go there because, God forbid, something has to rise to that level to get reprieve for all parents. That's that's going to be the final adjudication that we're going to see is going to be this, you know, Supreme Court. So they do have some some rulings over the years that I want to just quickly touch on. Mm-hmm. Encourage everybody to go look more into them if they want to get smarter and learn more. But the first one we'll talk about is Meyer versus Nebraska. And this one was, you know, it was a state law that prohibited schools from teaching any language other than English to grade school children. Now, this is, again, right after World War One, So there was a lot of, you know, again, there was a lot of socio-political agendas being mm-hmm. pushed throughout, you know, say Congress and, and, you know, elected officials. So I think that Nebraska thought that they had the right to basically decide what, you know, what language children would learn. Right. And I think at that point in time, go back to 1925, right? hundred years ago, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, maybe that's not a bad law, mm-hmm. right? But, but the job of the courts is to make sure they uphold our constitutional rights, not what seems logical at the time. Right. You know what I mean? So I want to talk about what was said in that. And that was, this is from 1923 again. But the court in their ruling, which got rid of that state law, they said it is not up to the state to decide what language should be taught in schools. It has a lot to do with parents. And that's Mm -hmm. the whole purpose of this. And one of the quotes that was made was, it is the natural duty of the parent to give his children education suitable to their station in life. That was one of the justices quotes in the, uh, the opinion that was, that was released there. Um, But again, it was, it's a violation of the due process clause, according to the Supreme Court, when you start to infringe upon what kids should learn. And they talk extensively about it being a parental right to not only be involved, but also to have control with the upbringing of your child when it comes to their education. Right. You know? So uh, two years later in Pierce versus Society of Sisters, the court struck down an Oregon law that required parents and guardians in the state to send children between the ages of eight and 16 to public schools. The court held that the law unreasonably interfered with the liberty of parents and guardians to direct the upbringing and education of children under their control. Now, again, the, the kind of the content of the lawsuit is not so much what I'm worried about right? Um, because everybody has opinions. But what what I'm concerned about and what I think is important is the way they write these opinions. They're siding with you parents. Know, they're siding Correct. with parental rights. That's sort of the fallback. Yeah, I'm seeing Yes, it that is the precedent that you see over right. and over and over again right. on all these cases. 
just like in Meyer v. Nebraska, you know, I'll read what they said too. The court held that the law's prohibition materially interfered with the power of parents to control the education of their own. Right. You know, it, it it's over and over again. Now, one that I think is kind of the landmark when it comes to parental rights um, through the judicial system is Troxel v. Granville. And I'm sure some folks out there have probably heard this if they're listening. So this one was really interesting. Um, so in this case, it was in Washington State, and this was done in 2000, I believe. Okay. A, and this was a real sad, sad situation. But just like in our First Amendment um, podcast that we did, you know, some of the situations were horrible. Mm -hmm. But the court still held that people were allowed to say stuff because they're First Amendment protections, right? right. This is another one of those where you kind of feel for them, but then let's kind of just focus on the language. So it was a married couple that had two children. The father, unfortunately, passed away. And the father's parents, who were the maternal grandparents, um, they wanted to visit the child. And the, the mother, who obviously was still living and taking care of those kids, she said no other than I think it was like, I'll give you one day a month or something like that. Don't quote me on it, but it was somewhere around there. She she wanted to have basically pretty limited visitation. So the, the grandparents took her to court and it went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And they ruled that it was her choice to make. And as, as kind of sad as that is, right. again, it went back to the fundamental part that we're talking about, which is it is the parents' right to decide you know, and, and this one involved grandparents, so it was a very, again, kind of a sad case. But what the what the court was trying to get at was that a third party, which unfortunately grandparents are considered legally, right, um, is not allowed to come in and basically tell a parent or take you know visitation away from a parent because it's the parent's right, you know, to bring their child up. So, exactly. Um, I'll read here to uh, a plurality of justices concluding that the, the law's lack of deference to the parents' wishes infringed upon the parents' fundamental right and contravened that the traditional presumption that a fit parent will act in the best interest of a child. So a lot of wording there, but but again, it, it just it further solidified that a parent decides what is best for their child. Mm -hmm. um, there's another one too, Parham versus JR. Won't get too much. That that's not too interesting when it comes to a um you know a parent's fundamental rights but it's another case that's that's listed out there for anybody to go look at but bottom line again jess is that this goes back from 1923 to a recent one i read from 2000 there's even more there's one from 2020 but the supreme court has withstood you know the test of time when it comes to parental rights they have always cited that a parent gets to decide the state cannot infringe upon that because they think they can. And what you're seeing over the last three years to kind of bring this back full circle with this indoctrination attempt and, and some of the curriculum they're trying to push in there, which is divisive and all that. If a parent doesn't want that taught to their children, it won't be taught to their children. They have that choice. Mm -hmm. I think that's important that everybody needs to understand. It is. I think, I think as a parent, I mean, as hard as some of these cases are to read, I mean, as a fit parent who cares very deeply about her children, uh, it is encouraging to me to know that the court traditionally does side with parental rights. And so, I mean, I think even as an organization, we are 
by nature, a parental rights organization. That's what we stand for. That's what we're here for. So I think that that's encouraging as well. Um, that, you know, we do have the law on our side. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, okay. So we wanted to talk one last lawsuit and it's a lawsuit, um, against CRSE. I mentioned this earlier in the podcast. Okay. CRSE stands for culturally relevant and sustaining education. Okay. This is going to be a big thing entering your child's school this year. In fact, under what every school that took the ESSER funds from COVID were right, like required to have implemented this CRSE into their district by July, 2023. So it's already there. Um, and however that plays out might look different in each school. We don't know what that's going to look like, but we just know that it's there. It's an underlying thing that has been ha- like has been adopted across the board. So let's talk a little bit about this lawsuit. Yeah, absolutely. And real quick before I get into that, I want to kind of draw a comparison here too. That you know there was a case that was heard that had to do with Amish, which is right here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. where they would not send their children to school after eighth grade. That was another case that I think is important for the context of this conversation. Because they religiously don't do that. They don't send their children past eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Well, they had to go to court, fight that, that the school, the state was not able to decide for them that their children had to go to school past eighth grade. That was their choice to make because it's a religious conviction. And it it kind of it kind of falls into the same category here where when it comes to the CRSE, which let's call it what it really is, it's going to it's going to be CRT, SEL. They're going to try and incorporate all of the kind of the woke propaganda garbage into all the curriculum in schools. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of two plus two equals four, it's going to be, you know, two black people plus two white people. You know what I mean? They're just going to add race and gender and all this nonsense into it. It's not needed. Because it's culturally relevant, right? Like Correct. That. They're, yep. they're going to try and play that game. Right. So, but again, just like, just like an Amish parent, has the right to decide if their kid goes to school after eighth grade. Parents have a right to decide what curriculum is taught to their children when it comes to how now over time, I mean, I would agree over the last 20 years, this is something we haven't had to worry about too much. At least I didn't think we did, No. but now with the push being as strong as it is for this, again, culturally relevant stuff. Now it's a different ball game and parents need to be awake to that. So, you know, I, I I don't want to kind of, not give the importance to this or, or or have folks not think that it's that important like oh well whatever they're just going to throw some things into the bath no we're seeing this it's pretty far spread yeah. and just like the attorney for these these three schools talked about tom breath if anybody knows um tom breath he's actually a great attorney he argued the uh, the mask mandate lawsuit against the acting secretary of health allison beam along with chad schnee so tom breath is back he's now fighting on this case but the the superintendent of one of the schools, I want to I want to recite what he said, which I think is important. So Leonard Rich is the superintendent of the Laurel School District. So it's Mars area, Pencrest, and Laurel are the three schools. There's also two teachers, several board members, and parents that all filed uh, jointly this lawsuit uh, to stop the Shapiro administration from implementing the CRSE. But um, 
Leonard Rich, the superintendent of Laurel, said CRSE goes beyond and tells students what to think. And he said, I'm driven to tell students and encourage encourage students how to think, right. which is, again, a very basic thing, right? You know, teach them how to think, but not what to think. You've we're seeing it, right? Like we, if, if anybody is paying attention, I mean, that is what is happening. That's the overall theme of the last three years is that people are telling you what to think and not mm-hmm. how to think. In fact, independent thinking is discouraged um, and, you know, it's even punished. So I think that it's really important that you hear that a superintendent can ha- can have the uh, foresight to see what this curriculum is actually doing, um, which is indoctrination. I mean, really, when you when you take all the rest out of it, it really is indoctrination. It's teaching the kids what to think and not how to think. And so that's absolutely that really has no place in schools. And this is what encompasses CRSE. No doubt, hundred percent. And if that you know, I, I would I would encourage parents to really keep an eye this year on the curriculum. Because there is, as we stated, there is that lawsuit that's out there. And sometimes a school will say, we're not going to do anything until it goes through the courts. Mm-hmm. Some other schools that are maybe a little more radical are going to say, uh, we're, we're not going to wait. We're going to go ahead and implement it now. So be very aware this year of the curriculum because it might start to incorporate some of those CRSE elements, even though it's under current litigation. I'm really glad, too, that you brought it up where, you know, you said something about some of these schools you know, you might not even think that they're going to implement it at all. They're going to wait, whatever. It still is really important for parents to pay attention. And I'm going to give you an example of something that happened in our school district where Ben brought it to our attention. It was just a matter of luck that we stumbled upon it. Um, But we stumbled upon a transgender policy um, in the Crestwood School District. And um, it turns out that no other IU-18 nor neighboring IUs really um, have this type of policy um, in their district. And it's it's really concerning. Um, we had a clue that teachers were being directed in this way, but I don't think that it was ever stated like, this is our new policy on transgenderism. And so here it is. We found it. I'm going to share my screen, Ben, and we can talk through this a little bit. Um, yeah, absolutely on. Let me share my screen here. Um, But I'll tell you, my stomach dropped when I saw this because again, we're talking about parental rights and whether, you know, you agree or not with gender identity and gender expression and LGBTQ and all this other stuff, whether you agree or whatever, you know, wherever you stand and all of that, um, there are some concerning parts of this policy that really keeps information critical information from parents. And that's, you know, again, that's what, what really made my heart kind of drop a little bit like, wow, like you're willing to hide really important information from parents, um, regarding some, some consequential decisions that their kids are making. Absolutely. This is the, the epitome of going against parental rights. And again, you've, you've heard this whole podcast up to this point, we've showed you that the courts agree and that most common sense people agree that a parent (laughs) is going to direct the upbringing of their child. But you're seeing stuff like this start to scatter across the entire nation. 
and more predominantly in states like California and the tri-state area with PA, New York, and New Jersey. New Jersey is really bad. Mm -hmm. um, to see this in our backyard is extremely concerning. To have their own policy, Crestwood School District, of transgender is literally the name of the policy. Yeah, uh, be very scrolling through. You, know, you guys can see it if you're watching on YouTube or Rumble. You can see as I as I scroll through, they have definitions of gender identity, transgender, gender expression, assigned yep. sex at birth, gender assigned at birth. Like what? Um, cisgender. In those guidelines, though, it's Jess. In those guidelines is where the 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 you know the crazy part is. I know. So down, I think it's down in confidentiality and privacy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just a bunch of stuff. The school personnel shall not. It's right here. It's right there. So yeah. disclosing confidential student information to other employees, students, parents, or guardians, or other third parties may violate privacy laws. They're literally, so that's why this got such attention. This is actually on Parents Defending Education. Um, it's on their website as well, that this is insane. So this is one of those policies. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody on that school board would come back with and try and explain this. It's in black and white. There's no explanation for it. We can see what the explanation is. They will, when they feel like it's necessary, when they, they determine that it's necessary, withhold information from a parent that has to do with that child. They're saying it right here in black and white. If your child shows up and says, my name's Johnny, but I feel like, you know, Tammy today, the school will not notify you of anything. It's the same thing we're seeing in New Jersey where they feel like literally informing a parent is now some kind of jeopardy to the student that goes against every single thing we just talked about for half an hour. Does it not Jess? It does. It does. There's no parental involvement at that point in time, which no. is not allowed. It's not allowed. And I mean, I, you know, I, I, we've, we had another discussion. There was another podcast on title nine. You can go listen to it and, and really hear our position on this. Um, and, and ultimately again, it's about parental rights, but I'm just looking even about at their sports and physical education policy. The fact that, um, you know, there's a gray area where they would potentially let a boy participate in a girl's sport or enter, you know, the locker room of the opposite biological gender, if that's what we have to say, right? I mean, this is all super concerning. And I really feel like, too, these policies are kind of hidden. Like, if I didn't have the job I had, and if I wasn't made aware of where to find this stuff, I don't think the average parent reads these policies. I really don't. And so again, the need for this opt-out is so clear because we oftentimes, we don't have the time to dig into this stuff. I mean, I don't have, you know, I do it for my job and, and, and I'm lucky that that is my job. But honestly, like if I were working a different job and I was still trying to raise my kids, like I wouldn't have time to be looking through all of these policies. I would never have time. So I just think that that just makes the argument for the opt out so much stronger that we do need these things because we have who is going to go read through all of these policies. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. And it's it's incredible, though. That in our area, in Luzerne County, we now have a school who literally is going to hide information from a parent in their own policy. It's yep. incredible. I mean, yep. 
there, there's some irony behind this too, which we don't know enough about yet. I, I'm going to do some homework on this for sure. But the policy was adopted the day after the current administration's inauguration. A um, little ironic there how that somehow just became a thing mm -hmm. right after we had a new administration. And the solicitor for Crestwood is involved very heavily in politics in our area. So there's some digging that we need to do. I think there might be something out there. Um, we're going to certainly catch on to it. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, just again, there the um, another IU18 school, um, Wyoming Valley West, and their handbook language. Um, do you want to share a little bit about that? I'm not as familiar with that as I am about our policy, the Crosswood policy. Yeah, we saw this one coming, unfortunately, when uh, when the current administration decided to, to try and change Title IX language. Right. Um, it got delayed a few times. Thank God for for parents, for patriots out there that submitted comments to the Department of Education for the rulemaking process. So it was delayed, but now the the final rule, they're looking at uh, producing that in October of this year. Right. Now, again, a reasonable person would think, well, you got to wait till the final rule comes out to implement any of these new, the new language of these policies. No, no. We got plenty of schools that are out there. They're just chomping at the bit to change some of the language. And it's unfortunate. We have one in just um, in IU 18. So Wyoming Valley West sent guide or handbooks or whatever they call them to the parents. Yes. And in those handbooks now, the title or the uh, 103 policy, which we've talked about, it's the non-discrimination policy. It's always been predicated on 11 criteria, which is race, religion, sex, so on and so forth. Well, now in the handbook, it has gender identity. Right. So all the little buzzwords are starting to get put into the policies in our schools. Yeah. I'm actually going to go back and look at our handbook because we were sent the handbook too. I'm going to go look at our 103 policy also. Um, yeah. Do not sign those handbooks and send those back to your schools without an opt-out form if you don't agree with what they're saying. Now, again, as Jess stated, we've already made our position clear when it comes to the whole LGBTQ thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm I'm pretty solid in my stance that a boy should not be going into a girl's locker room. And if they're going to start adding that to the 103 policy in these schools, that's what they're telling you they're going to do. They're exactly. going to allow a boy to go into a girl's bathroom. Right. Exactly. Which we, again, we did a whole episode on this. You can, you can listen to it. Um, it's our title nine episode. I can't remember what number it is. I probably should have brought it up here, but, um, this just fires me up because this is, you know, we both, Ben and I both have daughters. Um, you know, I, I coach female athletes. So I feel very strongly that, you know, we need to protect women's sports. I feel very strongly that men should not be in women's locker rooms. I, I, these are just very, very, uh, near and dear to my heart, these issues. So to see these policies taking effect in this handbook language changing is it's, it's startling to me. I mean, I knew it was coming, but it also just kind of fires me up. So, um, anyway, we, do you have anything else? I, I was just going to tell them where to go find the opt out. No, I think that's it. I mean, if anybody has questions, you're going to cover this obviously out of contact though. So yep. I'm good. I would just say with these, the last thing on the whole 103 thing, I'm also fired up about it. This has not, not seen the end of, of the road here. We're, we will fight this um, tooth and nail. We've been fighting it. And we're going to continue fighting it. Boys don't belong in girls bathrooms and there's enough people around the, around the nation fighting this. So we're happy to be part of that, but that's all I have. Thanks. Jess.
Okay. So anyway, the way you can go and you can um, find this opt-out is just by going to our website. It's citizensadvisorypa.com and it's under um, document library. Okay. You'll see the 2023-2024 parental opt-out form. You can download it. And just like we said, you can download it. You can choose those check boxes, the things you want your child to be opted out of and sign it and have it delivered certified mail to your school district. That's probably the best way to go about it. Um, if you have any questions, you know where you can find us. You can find us on our website and you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter, Citizens Advisory of PA. And don't forget to subscribe to this channel if you're enjoying these podcasts. Of course, we always love when you like and share. Sharing is caring, right? Um, with someone you know who might really need what we talked about today. I think that it's very timely as we start this new school year. Um, we need to um, be on the ball from the start. We don't want to be playing defense here. Absolutely. So thanks, Ben, for joining us. We hope you Thank guys you. have a great week and um, we'll talk to you soon.